This is a data privacy detective. It's December 2022, uh, almost a new year upon us. And we're going to talk today about identity management. And we have a great guest with us today. Uh, uh, his name is Kevin Dominic Corti. Kevin is the IT innovation and growth strategist at Univention with a proven track record of uh, harnessing commercial uh, acumen with financial expertise to deliver uh, large-scale digital transformation programs. Univention is a scalable and open-source uh, Linux-based uh, software appliance for identity, IT infrastructure, and service management. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm glad you're with us. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start. We're going to focus on not everything that you and Univention do, but identity management. We're talking about people, the uh, their identity. Let's talk a little bit. Maybe you could describe what did what what do we mean when we talk about identity information that organizations hold, uh, whether they need it or not. Well, from the most basic point of view for you and me as employees, identity management is our login, our username, our password, where we get into our computer and then start using it. It's a little bit more underneath. It's then also the information which is connected to it. If you send an email, you have often the signature field that if your identity management is done well, that will automatically populate with things like your title, your email address, your phone number. And so that's what we normally see from administrators. And so uh, we create an IP address, basically. Uh, you know, it turns into zeros and ones. That's what happens in the digital world. But people know it's you. It, that it's not uh, Kevin Cordy, the soccer player. It's Kevin Dominic Cordy, the fellow at Univention, right? And they can figure out that's you. And why is it important? Uh, for businesses and governments and universities and all organizations that handle databases to to manage personal uh, information, identity information. If you look at last year's hacking statistics, 80% of corporate break-ins have been done using stolen identity, stolen identity data. So someone reusing their username, their password. And if you look at then that organizations have 10,000 or more stale records. That's records from employees who left, employees who retired, employees who got COVID in their database. You can see it's a great way into an organization's network for someone who shouldn't be in there. So it's really a security question. And in the end, it's also one of the main reasons why we nearly every week get these kind of letters. Your data has been breached because someone wasn't really careful with their username, their password, their tokens, hopefully. Yeah, the data breach is is, is how it surfaces. It's a little bit like a volcano. There's a lot going on underneath the, the surface of the ground, but then the lava starts flowing, and data breaches are a little bit like that. And uh, as you say, this is 80%. That four out of five of the incidents really are where someone's able to get a person's identity and password and get into the uh, IT infrastructure uh, of, of, of an enormous enterprise. It could be the U.S. government, it could be the Defense Department, or it could be the local hardware store. It's hard to say. Well, how do organizations, uh, you know, from large to small, deal currently 
with identifiable uh, personal information, identity information. As anyone who ever walked into their first place of work will know, you go in there, you say hi to HR, they hopefully check who you are, and then someone gives you a username and password. In the background, someone has to create that username, this password. Hopefully, the system then takes care of that it gets everywhere in the right place. But more often than not, the first person creates it for your computer login. The next person creates it for your email account, someone for your scheduling software, then someone for your podcasting software if you host podcasts. And that's kind of the progression of accounts that get created, that get use that get forgotten if it's not in use anymore if the software is switched if someone leaves and that's kind of the way how it's handled today and how it's hasn't really changed in many years no matter what other changes have come and gone like cloud software like ai and still it's a heavily manual process in many organizations especially large enterprises Yeah, and you mentioned the stale, you know, somebody leaves the company, but there's this person's name and password or this person's identity. That becomes a way to, for a thief to get into the company's infrastructure. Is, is, is that part of the problem? Yes. Uh, and if we look at the start of work from home, like at least as knowledge workers have experienced, there was a huge shift on we need to be able to share files. So we bought in something. We need video conferencing. So they brought in another vendor that kind of compounded the issue because now our information on our shared cloud storage, which might not be designed to actually handle enterprises, but it was available cheaply and quickly. And so you kind of these quick fixes pile on and keep on going the password that goes around on a post-it note. It's still around here. Now it's maybe in an email if you work from home, but that's the opposite of identity management where no one really has an identity because everyone uses the same password. And <laughs> you get that password and a thief does, and big trouble, big trouble. <laughs> well, yeah, go ahead. I mean, maybe you can share a story with our listeners as to uh, you know how vulnerable the systems are because of what you've been describing. Yes, we have actually had a, client who had exactly that they went into work from home as all of us government mandated work from home and suddenly realized oh we can't access our network so everyone uploaded it to a cloud service provider and they send it around here's the password and then someone left and finally left opened a competitor and competitive startup to the established business with all the information, all the knowledge still accessible. The person didn't use it, but no one knew whether he used it or not or what actually was. And I think that uncertainty is, at least from a business perspective, it's a risk you can't manage because you don't even know whether the risk is there or not. Well, this is uh, the difference between a data incident and a data breach, isn't it? Where somebody has lost their computer. Well, you don't know if somebody, a male actor has actually obtained it and has downloaded anything or not, but you have to look into it immediately. That's that's what you're talking about. And with a password, this is a chronic problem. Yes, and especially if, if it's not a mentioned identity, but yeah, shared password, something 
it's impossible to look into because there are hundreds of people accessing the data and everyone is our organizational user. So yeah. it's an unmanaged identity. Well, how can this be better managed than it is now? Given that we're moving quickly to a recession where people throw out staff they don't want, I think automation is one of the key factors. First of how all, can it I, lets you... How, oh, to, talk, talk about it. How, how does automation uh, help to manage uh, this better than the, the current well, if we If we go to the very beginning, first person creates a login for the computer, the next person the mail account. If the whole process is automated, then... You don't even talk to IT. Your HR person puts in, oh, this is your name. This is your last name. And then the system goes out, okay, here, username and password. Everything has been created in the way that a typical user needs to use it. So the email account is there, access to the podcasting software and scheduling is there. Or if that person works in accounting, they don't have scheduling and podcasting access, but they have access to your books. And all yeah, from very, HR instead of three IT people doing the job. Very vulnerable thing. And so automation, what does it do? Does it disguise or eliminate identities? Or what, what is the advantage? It streamlines the process. There's no manual intervention. No one creates the identities but a computer. And the computer follows the rules, creates the identities, creates them consistently across the whole suite of applications and so you have one login one password for everything instead of trying to remember five different often far too short passwords because there are five people who manage your corporate identity or your corporate logins and i assume uh, let's say it's john smith uh, jsmith at company.com he can still have an email like that but the identity that where he is able actually to get into the infrastructure, it would be different and managed uh, through automation rather than the way it's done now. Is that the key to this? The email address is a part of your digital identity that can be yes. your login or can just be an attribute where you send emails from. That in the end depends on how your organization wants to use it and actually what your organization uses, whether it is email-centric or the classical desktop applications versus web applications, for example, where you often have the split between a username and email as a username for web apps. Yeah, and through the automation process you're talking about, I, I, I think, would I be right that what the business can do is really to create uh, privacy and, and cybersecurity by design, uh, eliminating much of the risk maybe not all of it but much of the risk of phishing and uh, you know other attacks that are used to get into it systems yes you limit both the risk of someone making an error when creating it you limit the risk of multi-directional attacks so if you have a centralized identity you can check whether someone tries to log into the email server and then into the computer and then into your shared files versus if they're all individual systems you only know that one was attacked but the computer can't make the association with okay someone is trying to log into all the different systems to find out an identity and of course lastly if you only have to delete one identity 
you're much less likely to forget that there are five others out there because it's just one click instead of going to five different services. So, well, that would make it much less attractive to a, a hacker, wouldn't it? Because uh, maybe you're getting, if, if successful at all, the hacker then only gets entry to perhaps one node, I'll call it, uh, rather than the entire uh, IT infrastructure of the company or the business. I think the detection is the biggest hindrance. If you can correlate logins, for example, with one client who realized that their email system was probed from a foreign country while the same person was sitting in Minnesota, I think was in that instance. And the system just realized, okay, that's impossible that the guy is at the same time halfway around the world in two places. So it could just alert and deny access based on this plausibility check versus had the email system be completely separate. Oh, I don't know whether the guy is right now halfway around the world or in his home. So by automating this, you don't have to have a human being monitoring this 24-7. Uh, if we see us two sitting here, we can see, okay, you're there. If I get an email from you, I can check, okay, that's the same location. If we were in a podcast here with 20 people and someone sends an email around to go over the next point or schedule the follow-up meeting, it's impossible for me to say quickly, oh, is it actually Joe who's sending it or is someone trying to get me off the podcast to break off the stream? And so that, that kind of human interaction makes it it's impossible once you deal with sufficient number of people. Now, what you've talked about and what uh, Univention and, and, and you do uh, with clients, uh, is that really for very large organizations or is it practical for smaller, mid-sized uh, businesses and organizations? I have it in my home in the closet. So you can operate it with four people in your home. It's even for smaller organizations, often a, a huge cost saving to centralized identities. Not so much because of the cybersecurity risk, unless you deal with engineering, for example. But this overhead of creating the identities that quickly can run away if you have a, an IT person who does nothing more than reset passwords across different services. And that's, I think, the charm for small organizations that they don't have to worry about running out of time at the end of the day for these kind of routine tasks because 90% the system handles through automation and only the remainder someone has to take off and this UIT person has a lot more time on hand to focus on really making IT into something which drives your business instead of IT that kind of clutch on your leg which stops you from working because... Uh, password for application XYZ expired. It also saves time for the individuals uh, within a company that aren't IT people is, uh, is what I'm learning from you. Yes, if you don't have to remember passwords, if you, in the best case, don't even have to log in because you have single sign-on or other technologies, then that can save huge amounts of time for the worker who's just 
can focus on his work instead of sitting there like, did I spell that with a capital letter or does that password have only small letters? <laughs> Good question. And uh, and it's quite different, is it, uh, from password managers and what, what they do. We certainly have seen an emergence of, of that as, as one defense against uh, problems. Yes, the password manager works on your client side. It's kind of your brain remembering your passwords right. versus identity management is managing your login on the organizational side and not just doing your passwords, but really it's, for example, making sure that your email address is the same for the, the scheduling software, which sends me the reminder, oh, get on the podcast instead of me getting, oh, this is no reply at scheduling software or invalid email. Yeah, so it really goes beyond privacy and cybersecurity to uh, streamlining functions within the company as well. I would assume uh, your your company uh, basically deal, is a B2B business. You're helping organizations uh, with their infrastructure. But most of us uh, work for companies or government or universities or whatever we may be working for. What can we as consumers, really all of us do, to uh, demand better privacy protection and, and better identity management from companies and other organizations. Uh, you know, to whom can we turn uh, to help and, uh, and promote uh, this concept of using automation uh, for the good of uh, organizations and uh, all of us? We live in really a funny country in that regard. If you look at the standards the federal government publishes, National Institute of Standards is a big one. We have some of the strongest recommendations for cybersecurity that companies can follow, really actionable. So the standards are there. It's just then not mandatory. And so no, no overarching federal law about this. No federal law. Unless you're a military contractor, you can yes. say, oh, who cares? So as consumers, the strong thing we can do is tell your, in many cases, actually, it's handled on the state level, state representative to mandate it, to mandate cybersecurity standards for organizations, for companies. And really, we have, uh, it's hard to say exactly from time to time, it'll change, but maybe only five of the 50 states uh, have somewhat compre comprehensive uh, data privacy laws uh, on the books. So you're saying we, the, the law has to catch up with the need. The, the law has to catch up. And privacy is still better ahead than cybersecurity. I think last I checked, we had three states which had cybersecurity requirements as part of their business books or business codes. And I think it doesn't even have to be a law, just the same way we deal with workers' compensation issues, which is mostly through educating business owners as part of, you applied for your business license, here's what you have to know about workers' comp. We handing out the brochure, okay, here's what you should know about cybersecurity would probably help more than any law or anything in that regard, what can be easily ignored and isn't seen unless there's a big incident. And of course, well, the other thing you can do is fill out that little card whenever you want to claim money from 
the latest data breach? Well, the, yes, and then we get a one-year free uh, service from someone which we may not know how to use. But it's a little bit, I suppose, like worker safety. hundred and some years ago, uh, cutting machines didn't have guards on them and people lost limbs. And then, and then we started to say by law, no, you must have a guard on a machine or you could, you could, uh, business could, uh, and the machine maker could get in big trouble. And then we eventually have the OCHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, that simply say, no, here, here are the standards you need to meet if you want to sell a machine uh, that could hurt someone. And in a way, that's what you're saying about data. We, in a way, need uh, data health uh, that is built into the system rather than just something that is dealt with once a data breach has occurred. Yes, we need proactive laws. We see a bit on... On, on the really large companies with SEC roles for data security, for cybersecurity. And we see the first kind of glimpses in utilities where there are protections or requirements slowly built into utility contracts. But it's, it's just we have too many near misses for anyone to really ignore it, but also too many near misses for anyone to take it really serious because there's just always something else which is more important until we maybe have that big event where that will trigger, okay, here's now the requirement for whoever is right. And we see security. we're certainly seeing more of a push down of standards by the federal government generally, the the new AI blueprint, the uh, the White House has announced, but they're they're, they're not Really law yet that would govern uh, the vast majority of businesses. Uh, and, and, and so we remain at risk and uh, really important. Identity management. Any last comments uh, for our listeners, Kevin? Given that we reached the end of the year, I think be mindful of how you set your passwords. Be mindful that you use a different passwords for different services especially if you keep one statistic in mind, half of Americans use the same password for banking services that they use at work. Maybe not beyond that half next year. So don't use a password one, two, three. <laughs> that too. <laughs> or the name of your dog. Uh, people have done that and use it for everything. Bad idea. Yeah. Well, Kevin, thank you very much for taking us on this tour of identity management, which, if handled properly, can certainly reduce the number of incidents and breaches, identity theft, loss of funds, money, ransomware, all the other perils that come along with our digital age. As always, I'll remind our listeners, remember, protecting your personal identity begins with you.